Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. I'm your Lodge Master. With me as always is Brother Bishke. Can't beat the beast. And Brother Lucas. Let us begin. And joining us tonight in fancy, luxurious Century City is Brother Justin. I see stoned people. (laughs) So, oh my god. Okay, we've been keeping it so muted for you guys. So so did Shyamalan. (laughs) Before we before we start chewing glass, we got to have a referendum about Mr. Shyamalan because I think this is the first time we've tackled him on the cast. So where is everybody's Shyamalan meter? Shyamalan Shyamalometer. I think I said this before. For the record, this is my first Shyamalan film in 19 years. Whoa. It's wow. Unbreakable, the last one you saw? Yes. It was I am wow. I am loyal to the East Rail 177 trilogy, which this completes. <laughs> wow. Wow. So you've missed all of that. You you missed the whole arc. And yeah, he's just not one I follow. And uh, but I wanted to return, see what was like what was going on, what's been going on in the last nineteen years. This is a this is a master class in I think in I've got a taste, yeah. Uh brother Lucas, what what are you dealing with? Yeah, my Shyamalan needle is sadly bounced below the uh, the line. But I you know it's funny is I started off a big fan. I, I worked in a movie theater uh the summer the Sixth Sense came out. Mm. So Pivotal uh, summer. Yeah, a lot of hype uh, around that one, and rightfully so, but I feel sadly that Mr. Shyamalan learned all the wrong lessons uh, from his successes and kind of went down this road that uh, eventually got him into a lot of trouble, and then he's been slowly building his <laughs> it's like, way... It's like he's a criminal. Yeah, he's been slowly building his <laughs> way back. Got him some trouble. And what's interesting is as he's building his way back... Did some time in cinema jail. Yeah, definitely. He, like, started to kind of, like, lean back into his old habits again, especially with this movie that we're about to do a hot take on all right well brother justin you and i have a special relationship with with the Shyamalan universe yeah we have vowed to see every one of his films in the theater and we've held up that bargain we as far as really, i can tell really have we saw like an eleven fifty p.m screening of the last airbender like Ooh, we've been that there. one was rough we've gone the distance yeah. and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think our pact has something to do with the fact that he's always up to something. That he's, he is. <laughs> he's, a, yeah. he's a trickster, and he's always up to something, and he's always trying something, and he doesn't, at least when we made this pact, he wasn't playing it safe. And we wanted to celebrate that and go all the way down that weird rabbit hole with him. Yeah, there's always something. I mean, it, it it increasingly it's diminishing returns, especially now that this was kind of hobbled together into a franchise, which I don't think quite worked. It's um, he's kind of trying to create his own cinematic universe at this point. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's just I don't 
know if anyone actually wanted that to happen. I mean, that's all the rage these days, and that's something right. that's probably a mandate in two out of every three meetings that right, you're in. Right, Can you build a universe out of this? Yeah, and I think, you know, Split, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the most profitable movies ever made. I think it's in the top 20. He self-finances 20. them. So... I think budget nine million worldwide takes like two eighty or something. You notice which is, is insane. You notice there wasn't like nine production company animations at the beginning. There's his, and there's Blumhouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. He throws down his own money on these because yeah. he believes. Yes. I think I think he just does what he wants to do. Like Sixth Sense gave him the power to do. It gave him a lifetime. Yeah, lifetime pass. His name. People know his name. Like our parents know his name. Like. They know his name. It's like when John Cusack held that boombox over his head. It's like, hey, man, a certain demographic is going to love you until you die. Because of that. You do whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. So what was playing on the glass boombox tonight? Well, let's I, talk about some positives. <laughs> well, let's, We're let's, trying to be more positive let's, in the let's new Let's rewind, year. because you said something interesting, which is him kind of returning to form, you know? And I think that's exactly what this was because mm-hmm. I, in preparation, I rewatched Unbreakable, which I don't think I'd seen Look since it guy. came out. Look at this guy. And I also watched Split. Always doing the prep work. Well, not always. <laughs> but Unbreakable, I remembered it being very like precise mm-hmm. and very focused and how the camera moved and it was pretty slow. But I didn't remember how drab it was. Mm. It was really underwater. It was really slow. Not a lot of color. I think some of that had to do with the time in which it was made. Right. I think we got pretty emo pre-9-11. And then when 9-11 happened, we kind of kicked it into, fuck yeah, America gear. Right. Things got a little more energy. Right. Entertainment-wise. But man, it it was so drab. And I mean, honestly, pretty dull. This kind of followed suit. I think he was going back to what worked and what was revered, but this time I think we expect a little more energy from it. And the only right. one who's got any is Mr. 25 Different Personalities, <laughs> McAvoy. James McAvoy. Which really. So you go from being kind of bored to exhausted quickly. That's, a, that's an astute observation. And I will give James McAvoy this he does commit. He commits, and the question is raised about just because you commit, does that mean you're right for the role? Just because you throw yourself completely in it, I think you can still just not quite connect in the way that the filmmaker wants, because this is the James McAvoy show. There's no question about it. I mean, Split is too, right? Split is, Split is too, but this... There's not there's not as much going on as there is in Split. There's even less. Like he yeah. is just out there tap dancing and if you don't gel with that, you're in trouble for this movie. Like deep trouble. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt that way. I mean, it was absolutely uh, an exhausting performance that he throws himself into wholeheartedly but for an audience member it can become tedious after a while like i was i was starting to think about what could have made it better and i don't know well i think what could have made it better number one is if you just slow down the character changes Mm. like i mean if you think about what makes primal fear so genius 
is is like you're you you genuinely feel like Edward the turn Norris. the turn yes. is genuine and it's like two different people that you really really believe as opposed to ten different caricatures it's that quantity just, over yeah over substance yeah and I get that he's like a superhero in that regard because he's like yeah a monster or whatever but oh man like it was just so fucking exhausting like yeah absolutely just well and I think just premise wise I think. When you write a first draft of a movie like this, you have to step away and think, what do people want to see? Right. Like, you don't have to market test the hell out of everything, you know? Trust your instincts as an auteur all you want. But you, I think you need a little more self-doubt, which is, do I want to devote an hour of the movie to convincing all these characters that they're not actually extraordinary? And by extension, convincing us. Right. Which well, is yawn-inducing. That, that, and that is the fatal, fatal, fatal flaw, the Achilles heel, the kryptonite, if you will, <laughs> of this movie. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I lost track of all time and space during this movie, so I'm guessing maybe 30 minutes in, around the time when they off-screen hosed Bruce Willis down with all those hoses, which was perverse that they didn't show us that moment. And I think it's because Bruce was like, I'll get wet for you once. (laughs) But at that point, watching him drip, drip, dripping, I had to go pee so bad. Like, it's like the, like a virgin monologue at the beginning of, of Reservoir Dogs. It reminded me what it felt like back in 1995 when I had to go piss 15 minutes into Braveheart. And I held it. I held it for three hours and I did it with a smile. I held this. It was the same same intensity. Same intensity. I was looking. We were we were in the Atmos Theater, so everybody's recliners were back. I was looking to my right, looking to the left. Their legs just blocking all all access. There's a big like you could you could have gone out. I couldn't. I no. I did not want to. I did not want to inconvenience anybody. Brutal. And I didn't want to miss anything. Brutal. But my point is. In Braveheart, it's a thrill a minute. There's twists and turns. You're Blood. like, you're, there's like, you're, you're like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen to William Wallace and his exploits? In this, there's no new information. It is the same thing over and over, and portentous music that that makes you feel like Christ is about to appear every <laughs> other scene. And Sarah Paulson's character, who does spend the whole movie... She's playing it apologetic. The the tone is so apologetic. Trying to figure out if these guys are for real. We all know that they're real. We've seen two full (laughs) movies whose point was nothing but showing us how real Deal Holyfield these fuckers are. Why why are you spending the whole movie doing that? Yeah, that was a massive mistake. I mean, the whole... The the reason why I think Unbreakable was compelling (laughs) is because it was more grounded, and it was... The whole thrust of it was trying to convince this guy that he maybe did have powers, because he was very reluctant. Too reluctant, even. But to spend... He's not reluctant anymore. No, he's in it to win it. He's got his home security business, <laughs> which has a storefront. His son is running things in the in the back cave. The in whole the back. opening shows us that he's a super superhero. Yeah, I thought it got the up Overwatch. To, I thought it got up to a pretty strong start. I like. Yeah, it was moving along, 
I, I was introduced to um, McAvoy, who I, I didn't see split, but I read the, the Wikipedia synopsis, so I knew what was going on. This basically contains all of split. But, once, yeah. but the Lodgemaster called it. He said for months, he was like, I bet you, like, watching the trailer every week, <laughs> you know, that that cheerleader shit is, like, just in the cold open and we're never going to see it again. And I was yes. like, oh, man, I yeah. kind of hope that's, like, the climax of no, the movie. Exactly. Like, no. like, I kind of I kind of like that imagery, um, but you were right. It was over within, like, 30 seconds, and I was like, Damn. And then you go to the hospital. We get caught in a prison Damn. drama. Yeah, we get it's caught like, in Damn. prison. I can't believe how much time they spent there. And also... Dude, put me you know, out. You Lucas don't... was out until I yelled at him. Dude, basically. it was because it was like you said though. Like as soon as like they kept flash strobe strobe lighting Billy or whatever, I was like, oh, I cannot. I have no patience for this. The like, other thing like, about the McAvoy stuff is the first time we see him in the room with the lights when they're basically changing channels on his personalities. That's that's cool, but you can't do it eight times in the movie. <laughs> you got to build up to it, like we said, like space it out. Allow us to feel the turn. Give us, give us a little bit here, a little bit there, and then you build up to a symphony. It, and then there's like that scene where the orderly is just zapping him, and it's like, what kind of hospital is this? Every it's like strobing every him. scene with him, they are they is an excuse for him to flip through all the personalities. And, and then there's one scene where he's just like trying to make a run for it, like repeatedly. And after a while, it becomes kind of funny, you know, where the audience is kind of like laughing at his like. It's next funny to in Tim. the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And I I do love how Shyamalan loves hip hop. So he tries that's, to throw some references in. That's another problem. He likes white guys with a lisp rapping. And he thinks that's delightful. That's the, <laughs> that is, that's one of my favorite slash uh, what the fuck elements of the visit. Oh, is yeah. the little boy is a is a aspiring rapper. Uh, <laughs> M. Night loves hip-hop culture. He loves just kind of dipping his toe in because he thinks he's connecting with kids. But in this movie, like Bruce Willis's son and anybody who's supposed to be quote unquote cool, like some of the McAvoy personalities, they speak in a way that would have been funny in the 90s. Like his humor has not evolved. And I think I think that's not his fault. I think once once the sixth sense hit, M. Night, his entire persona just got solidified in amber. So we still get jokes circa 99 yeah that's true i think that's fair and that and it's kind of cute and it's kind of endearing but cool it is not and if that's if that's your goal to make these characters cool and likable (laughs) i don't know yeah (laughs) for this for this podcaster it didn't work yeah and i i really thought that something a little more interesting was going to happen with uh anya taylor joy's character because she There was something there where they're hinting that she, maybe she has some sort of power because the the a lot of split revolved around flashbacks of her seemingly being molested, yeah, or abused. She has a lot of scars, which is just unnecessarily dark and creepy. But then she came out of it in this movie just kind of being nice. She's loving her tormentor, and she's like she's like in love with him. It is. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's not even like Stockholm Syndrome. I I think she connected with one of the personalities or something. And she keeps connecting with him. I thought they were related, like brother and sister at the end of Split. It was revealed or something. Or no. Mm, No. That was was a dream you had. (laughs) (laughs) You tried to make your own Shyamalan twist ending. (laughs) 
Oh my God! Well, and speaking of more going on, I mean, the movie's called Glass, and Sam Jackson is distant, background. sedated for over half. That, the that's movie. that's what really put me out was Jackson wasn't doing anything. He wasn't I doing couldn't. Anything. I could not stay focused. I remember thinking going in, thank God we still have Samuel L. Jackson because how many more, you know, performances like uh, are we gonna like get that are that are like top notch? And he was and, doing some pretty stellar face twitching. <laughs> It, it was it was the wheels were turning in there it was some loud twitching he was he was saying a lot without saying anything yeah, yeah. uh i i need to talk about bruce willie i need to talk about this man his eyes in this movie are beyond dead he is not on this planet <laughs> yeah. he is doing a favor and he's not even phoning it in long distance he's not even making his own long distance calls he is so gone He's just, he doesn't care. He does not care. And I don't know if he still has it in him. Like, we we always talk about the Travolta sparkle that he still retains. No matter how, no matter how deep and murky the mire, Johnny T always has that that sparkle and that smile that brings you back. Mm -hmm. Bruce, his smirk is deflated. And his eyes are just, (laughs) he's thinking about his boat or something. Well, does he think... Does he just want to be Clint Eastwood now, where he's just gruff and just kind of squints at people? I don't even think he reached Clint level. I think well, he. I, I wonder. He's sleepwalking through this. If you, if you were a young moviegoer and you you saw Split, you saw this, and then someone showed you Die Hard, right? You would be. Like the twist would be that that's the same guy. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't believe it. You <laughs> it would, would not blow your mind. It's like that charismatic action star yeah. who no, he's dead. Lit up the silver screen. Whoever that is has passed on. I'm convinced. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he's he's pretty pretty gruff and underwater and unbreakable too. I mean, that's kind of the character. I guess is, that's, that might be the character. But I, I mean, he's also that character in everything. And though. yeah, Death Wish. And in, name yeah. any movie he's been in the past five to ten to fifteen years. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. We wanted to try to keep it positive in twenty nineteen. Very, I, I very difficult. This, this we'll, movie, we'll punt on that. We'll do it next time. This movie mm-hmm. was aggressive, you guys. Yeah. This movie was aggressive. I don't even consider it a movie because we spend the whole time questioning whether or not they're superheroes. Spoiler alert is not even a spoiler they are we know this and then once we get done with that they have a showdown in the afternoon out in front of the mental hospital i I peg a lot on the afternoon time period because everything's just laid bare i feel like if maybe if it was dark or if it was raining some of the silliness could be obscured or if they were on the top of the tower like they yeah, said we they were going to be osaka tower let's talk about the tower you guys why was osaka tower like so central to this Such movie and nothing and happens i knew nothing god <laughs> they, they talk about this tower heist uh, super villainry that's about to go down they keep talking about it they hit you over the head with it and they don't even go there. Yeah. Like, Thousands of people There's, are turning out. Can't and, afford it. Can't yeah. afford it. That's <laughs> when That's when you know he's self-financing. We'll, we'll have two cops show up in the parking lot. It's instead. like if we just talk about it enough, people will start to remember that they were there. I wonder if he had a chat with Tyler Perry, and Tyler Perry was like, y- you know, man, if this is your own money, I just keep it. I love that you made the Tyler Perry connection because Tyler Perry's kind of taken the torch, for me at least, from M. Night in that 
this dude's swinging. This dude's swinging hard. He's swinging into weird areas, and I gotta keep an eye on him. I will. I will see every Tyler, Tyler Perry, Perry movie yeah, that's yeah. released in the theater. Uh, you can mark my words on that. But this adapted ending when they're on their way to the tower, but they get held up in the parking lot. It reminds me of like when I was 15 and I'm like, well, we got a bunch of cops and we got a bunch of cocaine dealers in my story. We can't afford any cops or like uh, big explosions. So Mm -hmm. it's all going to go down in the parking lot by my school. You know, like that's what it felt like to me. It yeah. felt like the ultimate cop out. I don't know, it's like another like, Bruce Willis reference. <laughs> it was. Well done. Hashtag accidental Willis reference. Yeah. But watching watching it in broad daylight with all of the main characters standing in kind of triangulated form, just looking at each other, you can't take it seriously. No. You just you just can't. Where it where it really lost me was all of the comic book exposition where. Yeah, people are theorizing, like theorizing about how comic books, you know, have predicted this story, (laughs) and they're it's all meta, and it's just it's way too meta. But there's just it's overexplained. Little comments like Superman used to take place in New York, and he couldn't even fly. And what about all the coincidences I've been reading about? It's like, are we supposed to take you seriously saying those things? I don't, I don't understand how sweet dear beloved m knight thought he could get away with courting the most detail oriented minutia obsessed uh, demographic which is comic book nerds and basically giving us a slight skimming of a wikipedia entry of comic books mm-hmm, in yeah. this script like there is nothing deeper than the most cursory google search if you literally typed in what happens in a comic book. Yeah. And I mean, at least, like, speaking of another director who has really jumped the shark, uh, Kevin Smith, who at least makes that meta commentary fun, usually. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. it, it's not compelling at storytelling, per se. At but when a nerd specific. is making jokes about comics, like, you can do it in a way that is entertaining and not just explaining to my grandma what a comic book is yeah like having a slow push in on an unflappably serious sarah paulson as she explains more comic book tropes on what universe is that fun so so the twist is that sarah paulson's character is a member of this secret organization that wants to keep tabs on potential superhero people what would be the point of her trying to convince them that they're not special if you're this nefarious organization just have them incarcerated like they're already like bruce willis is a vigilante who's going against the law you can lock him up for that yeah you have you have just cause well and also the public really wasn't that convinced that he's a superhero he's just some guy it was death wish all over again but with a poncho poncho wish yeah all right well let's let's i i could go on for another day on this so let's let's go to these brittle bones these mr glass bones justin we're gonna start with you i'm gonna give this one bone matt um there was just little joy to be had it wasn't fun it wasn't funny there's anna taylor joy yeah nailed it 
uh, just too drab, too slow. Uh, McAvoy really gave it his all, but <laughs> I, I got it in split. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole shtick was nothing but repeated on his end. I mean, yeah. it was the same exact why, thing why didn't why didn't part of mr glass's big uh big pl- viral plan include somehow injecting mcavoy with a new like crazier personalities like we just have the beast again it's 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 leftovers yeah and i just having your two kind of legacy characters i guess go out in such a unspectacular fashion was really yeah they both kind just of, get shot yeah, and then Bruce Willis gets drowned in a in a pothole, <laughs> and and I mean, there's a and his son somehow didn't see that, and he was standing right there the whole time. He didn't see the clovers on everyone's wrist oh, that Jesus. signify they're oh, part of an organization. Man. But you know, there's there's something to be said about subverting expectations, you know, because especially when you're M Night. Uh, the audience is trying to be ahead of you because you're Mr. Twist ending. Right. But you also have to give people what they want. And I can't fathom any moviegoer wanting what we just got. Especially Who after wants it's that? over. Like, yeah. 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 Nobody wants that. Brother Lucas in the back. You slept through part of this, so there's an asterisk again yeah. by your by your yeah. review. No, I feel because I watched the trailer so much, I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to miss anything. And you knew they didn't show any of the towers in it. That's how I knew they weren't going to the towers. The music was just so heavy and portentous, too. Yeah, I thought you were very accurate in saying that it felt like you were going to see Christ like at any moment. <laughs> like, you know, in every scene, it was just, ugh. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I got to go with Justin on this. I got to give it a bone because... I feel like I I don't really want to see these characters in, in like future installments, but at the same time there is an idea there that is cool. Like let's see what they can do, but just tell us like a good story, yeah, with a good plot and and have it be a lot broader or bigger. Give us a reason for watching. Don't keep it in the insane asylum unless you're gonna get a bunch of other crazy people involved, and then it's interesting, you know. But if it's just yeah, James McAvoy doing his thing like it gets old pretty fast like it's it's uh, like audition scene the movie <laughs> audition scene the movie that's one bone from lt brother bitchkey well i've missed the m night uh roller coaster that he's been on for the past 19 years uh so coming back to him you know i didn't have any um expectations really or like Oh, he's done, been there, done that. Like, Split, I didn't see, so McAvoy, I found, was pretty entertaining. Cause, okay, that's uh, a good angle. Yeah, and um, and so I thought when McAvoy was doing his thing, I was pretty in, uh, pretty into it. And then I thought that uh, M. Night's direction, visually, he's always been pretty high quality. There are a couple upside-down shots. Yeah, there was there was stuff to look at, but it gets stuck in that psychological prison drama. The Unsaneiverse. For a long time, and uh, yeah, when it's when it's stuck there, that's not what you want from a superhero movie, and I will give it one and a half bone. One and a half bone? You, you pumping it up a little bit for that sweet, sweet McAvoy? Yes, I will. All right. Well, I obviously had an allergic reaction to this movie, and you could blame it on my full bladder, but I uh, that's that's too easy. That's too easy. Cuz again, I can hold it. 
I can hold it if you give me a reason to. That's your power, <laughs> your purpose. You can hold it. Can My bladder hold. is like glass. <laughs> it will shatter. But you, you're strong. Bishki's bladder is like glass. Yes. I'm surprised he didn't walk out of this one five times. But, um, sorry to throw you into the bus there. No, that's true. But, um... I oh, I think I've already said my piece. Uh, it's 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 a new year, trying to be positive, but this one, this one test to me, you guys. To me, it doesn't have a reason to 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 be called a movie. Like I don't think it's a movie. I think it is just setup after setup after setup, announcing everybody's name five hundred times, and losing yourself in your own mythology and thinking that. Everybody is on the exact same page on the edge of their seat, wondering with bated breath what's the next step for Bruce Willis's poncho creep. And I think it's a miscalculation. I'm going to give it one half bone for one reason and one reason only. It's late in the film. When they show Glass's mom in her home, there is an early, late 90s, early 2000s era iMac on the credenza, and it made me smile. Like, when she checked her email on that thing, it felt so real. Like, it was a centerpiece of her living room, and she was so proud of it, and I loved looking at that. They should have showed her wrinkly hand on that hockey puck mouse. I know, I know. Then it would have gone to a full bone. But I'm going to give it a half for that. The rest of it, I think, oh man, like I would not recommend this to any living, breathing person. You know what this felt like to me? Do you ever read those Reddit threads where someone has a new theory about like a 20-year-old movie like sure. Cameron is hallucinating Ferris and Ferris Bueller's Day Off or yeah, th- yeah, yeah. things like that? Of course. This felt like someone made an elaborate comment about Split. Mm-hmm. And about what, you know, the implications are and what kind of this, where the story could go. And M. Night was up late. Yeah. And read it. And written by someone who has no business continuing a story that may have started out as compelling. Right. That was that, this was that, the movie. And if it does well enough, we're going to get another one. Are we finally going to get to knock off a Tomy Plaza or whatever it was called? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. This this movie's episode doesn't deserve a joke that good. But here we are. (laughs) Anybody have any final words for the Beast? Look for some better movies. We're going to look for some better movies. I really hope 2019 is going to be a better year for cinema. (laughs) It's going to be great, guys. I just want to let out better movies. We are early in the year. We're going to get a lot of stuff like this. But but there's going to be gleaming spires of hope amongst the weeds. We have to keep searching. Hit us up on hit us up on SoundCloud. Hit us up on Instagram. Brother Justin, thank you for paying full freight to see this. Hey, you didn't need to let people you know need, that. You're getting A-list shamed. <laughs> you need to get on the A-list, AMC A-list, y'all. The I benefits live, are out of control. I, I live by the landmark. It's I still movie pass friendly. Shake your bowels loose. <laughs> The Dolby Atmos hurt my pelvis. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> you right. know there are people just having orgasms that can't have no control over their seat. At, least, some, at least somebody had a good time. Because I almost had one. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, this Prius is steamy enough. <laughs> <laughs>
Love and light to y'all. Good M night. Mm, good M night. Good M night. <laughs>